0: This is Takudo. So this episode is a conversation I had with uh, Lee Lichtenstein back in second or third week of uh, January. Um, I've sort of uh, gotten behind on um, editing these uh, podcast episodes, but I hope you enjoy. Thanks. Hello, Lee. How's it going?
1: It's going all right, Takudo. How are you?
0: Pretty good. Uh, so how's your first week back Ben? this far? Or oh, this is your second week back, right?
1: Uh, it might actually, I can't remember if it's my second or third. I started on the fourth. So I whatever see. that is.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, it's been going well. I am doing different things. So it's not like I'm totally without ramp up, but at least a lot of the bureaucratic and the uh, conventions here are kind of already known to me. So I don't have to worry about ramping up on that sort of thing.
0: Right. Could you remind us uh, for some people, joined since you um, left, which I believe was in 2019, right? 20...
1: So I left in, I think I left in July of 2019. It's hard for me to remember exactly because I then took a month off to mm-hmm. basically do home improvement work. Which, funny enough, I reseeded my lawn. And in the process of doing that, I hurt my foot. And mm. so now I need surgery for my foot. But that was put off due to pandemic. So, you oh, know, there. so it goes. We'll, uh,
0: definitely, we'll definitely come back to that. Um, yeah, so, uh, you're, yeah,
1: So I then started in September at the other job, which I then left on January 1st, 2021, which was rather nice of them. They essentially let me work on a holiday of where I had no obligation to actually get anything done.
0: I see. And then you had a, uh, a weekend of fun employment and then started exactly. on the 4th. Yeah. Cool. Um, so could you remind us what you did before, uh, what you did at the Broad before you, uh, you left in July of 2019 and then what your new roles are?
1: So sure. Uh, so I started off in the cancer group, in Gaddy Getz's group, uh, Cancer Genome Analysis, CGA, you'll also hear it called. Uh, there were a bunch of us there. And I worked there for, shes t- until whenever DSP was created. I can't remember the exact date. Back then it was called DSD. D-S-D-E. Yeah. So some of you may see uh, shared folders or meeting names tagged as DSD. It's just the old name for DSP. Yeah. Uh, so when I started... At DSP, I started in the methods group uh, under Adam Kieson, who is no longer at Broad, uh, working on somatic tools. From there, um, I stayed, essentially, Adam left, and I owned the uh, somatic tool set, and I also man- was manager for a bunch of the developers in the methods team, uh, including GATK and people some of the developers making tools. Uh, and then I was basically working on uh, creating uh, pipelines and algorithms for uh, both the Broad community and the uh, ge- cancer genomic community at large, uh, both yeah. inside and outside the Broad Institute.
0: Right. So you were working on mostly cancer stuff before you left. And then now you are, Correct. I understand that you're doing more like all of us.
1: Yeah. So right now, although I've only been around for a few weeks, I'm uh-huh. working on all of us, uh, essentially what I'm trying to do is make sure that the, uh, releases have a representation of good genomic data, you know, both, uh, you know, given that the very large number of whole genomes, this project Includes and array data as well. You know, we will provide that um, and essentially working on the product with the uh, with Verily and others uh, to determine like, what we should release and when.
0: I see. So I think I know what all of us is, but all of us is just like this project where we sequence a lot of people. get yeah, So whole genome and then arrays, and then make the data like the BAMs and the whatever, the VCF from the array, available in the Google bucket somewhere so that researchers can kind of do what they wish with that data,
1: is that? So actually, it's more than that. Um, so from our perspective, yes, a lot of it is generate data. We definitely go beyond BAMs. You know, we will be generating VCFs uh, and other calls. Um, I'm trying to differentiate between the Broad's responsibility and the project as a whole. The project as a whole, let me just take a step back. The All of Us uh, program is collecting not just genomic data but all sorts of data, including demographics, um, so that researchers can look at the genomic information as well as, uh, at the same time, have a pretty comprehensive uh, view into Kind of lifestyle questions and demographics oh, uh for the same subjects this if you've heard of the uk Biobank, yeah
0: i was gonna say yeah. this
1: is it's a similar idea to that but uh i believe uk biobank was uh, about five hundred thousand people whereas this will be one million well now million? from the Broad's point of view yes we're we're responsible we have two roles one is as a sequencing center I am actually not going to talk about that as much. Um, Another is as a place to get data. But what's happening is in our partnership with Verily uh, and inside DSP, we've also created the researcher workbench. And this is what the researchers uh, will actually interact with. So they'll be getting the data through that. They wouldn't necessarily just You know, pop open a command line and download something through, Uh uh, you know, uh, the from the cloud on a command line. But they can interact with the researcher workbench. This will allow them to not eventually create create, co-create arbitrary cohorts of samples uh, for their joint calling. You know, for instance, you might want to stratify by uh, sex, for example. and this would allow them to essentially create their own VCS for which to do analyses in I there. See. I'm definitely not doing it justice because the there are going to be all sorts of features there. Um, yeah. But this would be one example. And this is a
0: government-funded, like, FDI, FDA. Uh, NIH. NIH. NIH and,
1: yeah. and boy, we know it. Because uh, first of all, this is a very large initiative uh, You know, with where we're working with Vanderbilt and other sequencing centers. Right. Um, Additionally, given the sensitivity of this data, there's all sorts of uh, security perimeters in place for what we can run, where, and where we can place data. And I'm not going to lie; this is still something I'm ramping up on. I see.
0: And when you say Workbench, is it is it not the same as? Is there going to be like a separate thing, or is it going to be like? Is it just going to be Terra?
1: So Terra, terra on steroids it, or something? No, you can view it as. Um, Terra is a web application. Researcher Workbench is another web application. It is using much of the same infrastructure, including the code base uh, that is is used by Terra. So Terra is a Mm front-end making uh, API calls to uh, services in a back-end. Workbench will be the same thing. It will be a different front-end making calls to Mm -hmm. a back-end. Um, I said the, you know, for example, you know, and it's, I shouldn't just say, oh, it's a different GUI because that's not true either. The data model is different, mm-hmm. um, yeah, than what I've seen in uh, Terra. Uh, so, for example, Terra it has, you know, samples and individuals and pairs, um, but Researcher Workbench, for example, has notions of uh, cohorts, essentially, that will, uh, allow you to stratify the data by sample and it also has the notion of a concept set which allow you to kind of say this is the informate this is the meta information about some data that i'm interested in so that you aren't copying you know terabytes of information that you're never going to use
0: i see cool um so are we have we started sequencing for this or are we still like getting ready.
1: Yes. We have started <laughs> yeah. sequencing for this. One of the challenges, of course, is when you're dealing with this much data, you want to have the infrastructure in place to remove uh, data as well. I see. So that's meaning we don't want to leave uh, multiple copies of CRAMs. So this involves, of course, coordination between the sequencing centers and uh, the That's right.
0: Sequencing happens at like Vanderbilt, uh... Broad and like Michigan or something?
1: Uh, or UW, UW, Baylor, Johns yeah, Baylor. Hopkins. I'm kind of mixing matching. You say sequencing, part of it's sequencing, part of it's arrays. I, um, Dang. I can so pull that's... open a spreadsheet that tells me who's responsible for what, but I have to admit yeah. again, week three, I'm going to just hide behind that. I can't remember yeah. which center is doing what other than that Broad is doing both arrays and whole genome
0: sequencing. I see. But I was going to say, like, all right, so million samples at the Broad, how long is it going to take to sequence all a million samples?
1: Uh, is it again, going to be I don't like, know the, yeah several years? This is a multi-year project. Yeah. Dang. I do not have an end date.
0: Cool. Um,
1: if I get one, I'll happily tell you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, have you, kind of switching gears a little bit, have you, um, what do you think, what do you perceive is different about working at the Broad um, the second it, time
1: in one year and a quarter <laughs> that I was gone. Uh-huh. I mean, for me, the differences mostly are the change of role. Um, uh, you know, the Mark is handling a lot of what I used to handle in cancer. So I mm-hmm. don't think my involvement is going to be needed nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, most of the difference is being on the germline side and also not, uh, being, a, being more externally facing. Like I, right. I have to deal with like Verily and Vanderbilt. Um, and it feels like I was doing that more than when I was on the cancer side where I did that, don't get me wrong, but mostly we would kind of release tools, post it to GATK. And then I would kind of solicit some feedback from some places, but this was a pretty informal process. Hmm. Whereas now I feel like I'm essentially... Uh, having to make commitments or at least estimate make estimations and uh, communicate this to you know Verily and to uh, not necessarily Verily specifically but Verily Vanderbilt and everybody else involved
0: right um, yeah so how's the uh, the whole pandemic thing been for you
1: so I feel as if I've been fairly lucky honestly yeah. um I I'm not saying it's fun, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's been a positive thing. I'm definitely not saying it's a positive thing, Mm -hmm. but I also think that I've been very lucky in that I've had enough space. Um, We, my wife was amazing and she just basically took care of the childcare right when the pandemic started and we've been doing the same mode basically, we hired someone um, and I've also been very lucky in that I have two daughters, and my older one is in s- remote school full time, and she's been doing re- she's been doing very well with it. she hasn't kind of wandered off during class or anything like that. Mm-hmm. My younger one is in preschool. I admit I worry a little bit more about that she's missing mm-hmm. the preschool experience she is not getting as much socialization with kids her age um, mm-hmm. because zoom calls for example just they don't hold a four-year-old's attention very well. <laughs> yeah. So you can't, you know, but regardless, we had hired someone uh, at the beginning of the pandemic um, and she's been wonderful. And she's been taking my younger one and kind of doing the school part, as well as making sure that both of my girls get enough exercise, because that's a big thing. And it also allows me during work hours to essentially not have to worry about kids running into the room with me. Mm which gets me to kind of my last, like why I'm lucky is that I have enough space that I can kind of sequester myself away. And I I can't. Cause uh, for a little while, like, you know, I've had periods of time where I would try to work and be on calls and the kids had access to me. Uh, For a while I was just basically working on the dining room table. And that, you know, don't get me wrong. It wasn't a big problem, but it was definitely a nuisance that you don't want to deal with. You know, meetings constantly being interrupted you know loud noises in the background when you're trying to have a serious and professional conversation right but again i feel as if my experience during the pandemic hasn't been as bad uh, yeah. as others and if everyone tells me that theirs is even better than me just don't tell me like ignorance is bliss yeah
0: um, and
1: i've gotten to do tons of art projects with my girls
0: because cool. we can't
1: A lot of the activities we would do required us to go somewhere, but now we don't go anywhere or known areas often. So we essentially have turned our driveway into like a chalk art uh, many times over. I will totally bore everyone with pictures of that later. Um, (laughs) I drew some of my finest art on that. For some reason, my daughter, my youngest daughter kept wanting me to draw the Joker like from Batman. So I had to draw the Joker a ton of times. You know, I'll show that off. And you yeah. all can humor me and just pretend that it's great, even though yeah. I, I would argue my artistic skills have not improved much since high school.
0: We'll use that as the uh, cover art for the, uh, for the episode. Um, Oh,
1: great. Yeah. great. I'll, I'll, I'll dig up one of the pictures. And yeah. my wife was also very good. She looked online for like chalk art. And so in early April, we did this kind of giant stained glass, uh, art in the driveway and i'll, I'll send a oh, yeah. picture with uh, my girls standing on that
0: i didn't know about this art artistic side of you did you do something similar like you like before in your
1: no so i think what it was was i was an only child growing up in new york city um in yes. the 80s and 90s when the crime rate was high and also i was kind of like this short fat kid who liked computers so i didn't get out much and we didn't have like you know smartphones and laptops so yes I got plenty of screen time TVs and computers but that was only at home so whenever I left the home I pretty much was drawing that was like the only form of entertainment for me and so I just drew and then in school they would offer me like oh do you want to take art I'd be like yeah sure why not Hmm. Um, but I never really wanted to do it as a profession Or anything like that I just enjoyed kind of like reading how to draw books like how to draw the marble way I'm completely trying to get my girls to draw out of that because I learned so much about drawing people uh there so that's why all of my drawings kind of look like comic book art (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's a great book if ever you know it's it's meant for older kids you know 10 12 but Mm -hmm. it's still great um so I learned a bunch there but honestly like Maybe I just got discouraged, but I, you know, I went into high school thinking I was a pretty good artist. I even joined like the science fiction magazine as an artist, but the kids who were like drawing for that magazine were so much better than me. It was mind blowing how good those Mm. kids were. Yeah. Mind blowing. Uh, I'd love to dig up some of that, but those kids were fantastic. Here I am drawing like, you know, and they're like giving me tips on like how to draw and they're totally like letting me publish in the magazine. But like, I felt bad. Like I was like, I'm bringing down the quality here.
0: <laughs> oh, I see.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I've, I've always liked art and I took art history in uh, college as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, so I, I don't when, know what it,
0: so that's when you're a pandemic, whatever hobby yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Probably a lot of drawing. Um, I also in pandemic hobby, you know when I was at, uh, you know the job that I took sabbatical at, um, I was doing almost no coding for that job, mm-hmm. so I decided to like code a Minecraft uh, mod for my daughter to give to her on her birthday, uh-huh. and so I coded a mod. It was a pain in the butt. Uh, some some of the developers can probably appreciate. Uh, I'll I'll tell some stories in a moment. So I coded it for her birthday in May and I finished it in March and then I completely forgot about it. And so I didn't actually give it to her until Christmas. (laughs) Until Christmas time. And then we she actually, I mean, it probably only ended up providing her like a few hours of entertainment, but it still felt worth it. All I did Uh was I just made something where if you type her a command, like Minecraft has commands, if you type her name as a command. And you can like it will make a house draw a roof on it, put torches inside the house, create a llama, dress the llama in a random color, and then name the llama after one of the Harry Potter characters. And, okay. and I tooled it a bit, you can make like change the size of the house, the house just appears. So I mean, you can be up in the air, if you're up in the air in creative mode, it'll just appear up in the air. You can change the size, you can change the material. So at one point my daughter tried making the walls out of water that poor llama my daughter did that from about i don't know several hundred feet in the sky and suddenly there was just this like waterfall solik and this poor llama like jumping around on the top of the waterfall until he stepped off the waterfall and plummeted to his death <laughs> so
0: wait, i'm not sure is, you caught all that
1: this yeah wait Minecraft.
0: this this is yeah i, I i'm not I that familiar with micro no but this so this is game that you you program this game and then this llama just fell.
1: So let me try that again. So in Minecraft, yeah, um, a bunch of nerds got together like a decade ago and essentially figured out the, Minecraft was written in Java. They figured out the interface and then they started developing all these libraries so that random developers could just like add content. And there are some crazy mod that, and that additional content is called a mod. It's like unofficial add-ons to the game. So I made one of these that kind of creates the house and creates the llama. I see. see. And what my daughter did was she made the walls out of water, but she was up in the sky. So all the water started to fall to the ground. Mm -hmm. And this poor llama kind of tried to stay alive by like staying on top of the water, but then it accidentally jumped off the water and plummeted to its death. Mm -hmm. So that's how the llama death fits into this.
0: Yeah. But that
1: was... Making this Minecraft mod and figuring out how to do it was definitely something I learned kind of right before the pandemic and into the pandemic. Gotcha. Um, and it was tough because the documentation is not very good. So, for example, it took me like, you know, admittedly, I'm only able to work on this, you know, like an hour every other day at most. And uh, it took me a very long time to figure out the uh, equipment slot that I had to use to, pick, to place the clothing on top of the llama. That took so long to figure out, because it is documented nowhere. It's an enumeration. But since it's been um, decompiled, oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of, you don't get the enumeration value. It's just a number. So I had to know that number 401 meant the llama clothing slot and the only reason I figured it out was because someone else had a code snippet unrelated like online otherwise I'd still probably be working on that till this day mm.
0: uh I often ask uh, most of the time I ask the guests uh, if they have any favorite books that they're reading right now or or
1: yeah I can that... definitely comment on that <laughs> yeah. so I typically try to read kind of like uh you know, dorky stuff, and then I try to interleave like something, uh, we'll just say like redeeming, or val. You know, <laughs> that I can talk to about people who don't talk with about people who don't like science fiction. So I tried that, and I on the during the pandemic I was reading the story of Edgar Sawtell, and I was kind of digging it. I was like, "This is a pretty good book. This is a pretty good book. Mm-hmm. You know, I like it. It's slow burn." And then suddenly, like. His father dies, and I'm like, "Oh, this is tragic," and you know, it's a well-written book. And then, like, he sees the ghost of his father, and I'm kind of like, "Wait, this thing, this book was not um, this book was not supernatural up until now." And his brother starts like sleeping. His uncle starts sleeping with his mother. who good thing wasn't his brother. Um, <laughs> and and I'm like, "Okay, all right, this story's going somewhere, but it's taking a while." And then you know, I I realize I'm the last one to pick up on this, but then I just read randomly that this book was based on Hamlet. And I kind of immediately lost interest in it (laughs) because I just, I'm like, oh, another book based on Hamlet, like that hasn't been done before. And it was an extremely well-written book, but I just could not drum up interest in it again. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm trying to get, bring myself to read the fifth season, which is now back to a science fiction book. I believe that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Again, well-written. I'm just, uh, with all the good TV that's available, Uh um, I'm finally starting to watch The Mandalorian. Um, I'm finding myself only reading very little. Um,
0: Uh, Watching what?
1: The Mandalorian. It's like a Star Wars show, but it has a baby Yoda in there. And like, honestly, I don't know what happened to me. I used to like, You know, kittens, puppies, even children now. I think they're so cute. They could just, like, have the baby Yoda up on screen for, like, 30 minutes, and I'll just sit there and watch it do whatever, you know? Everything else, the laser guns, the spaceships, like, yeah, whatever. Just show me that baby Yoda, and I'll just, like, sit there and watch him. He's so cute. It's crazy. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm just, like, just give me 30 minutes of watching that kid play. You know, there's one where he's, like, playing with these other kids. I was like, oh, my God, that looks just great. I wish I was one of those kids.
0: So this is like baby Yoda goes to school kind of show.
1: No, it's, it's so much, it's, it's not that at all. It's like this guy who looks like Boba Fett, by the way, all the star Wars geeks are probably like going to seethe because I don't really understand the backstory. So it's like this guy who looks like Boba Fett, except doesn't have the jet pack um, is like, running around with what looks like a baby Yoda. I don't think it's actually Yoda, but it's definitely like looks like a baby Yoda. It's like a Yoda that's a baby dressed in a burlap sack. So what else are you going to call it? Um and he's like running around having like space adventures with lots of laser guns while he's also trying to like watch he's like a bounty hunter and he's trying to like take care of this kid at the same time. And you know, it sounds like a terrible sitcom, but the but it actually it's actually been a fun show so far. And my friends and family tell me that season two is even better than season one. So mm-hmm. I'm like, great. And maybe they'll just have an episode where I just get to watch Baby Yoda like sit there and play. He's yeah. adorable. Kudo. it's bonkers. <laughs> that dude is so adorable. Yeah. Even when he there's a scene when he eats a frog, I'm still like, that's adorable.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So anyway, stuff like that is what's been interfering with my ability to <laughs> read books. Gotcha. I've, I've been defaulting to uh, watching a little bit of TV before bed. Also, I go to sleep ridiculously early now. I decided to like uh, put, I try to do like boxing. And now I'm Whoa. also trying, I'm also trying, uh, yeah, I do boxing on Zoom. Otherwise, I don't go anywhere. You uh-huh. know what? I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything. You know, I used to bike tail light at least for my commute. Like, I don't do that anymore. So right. what I do now is, like, I take virtual boxing. Um, I bike, you know, but that's, like, once, maybe twice a week that I do boxing. And it's only mm-hmm. for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, occasionally in the morning, if it's not too, too cold, I'll get on my bike and just bike around a parking lot. I probably look a little ridiculous, <laughs> but whatever. Um, and so recently, I was like, I, we own this, like, fantastic rowing machine, or so I hear you know, uh, it's not, I'm no expert on rolling machines. So I've just been trying to like get up early, but all this kind of like takes out of my free time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, it's, yeah. it just gets nickel and dimed. And, you know, I, again, I have two kids. I have a massive amount of chores, you know, every day. There's like, just like, I don't know how this happens, but like just dirty dishes just everywhere always. Yeah. And so, you know, so I have to clean them. And so by the time, like I'm done with that and the kids are in bed and I have like, lee time assuming like nothing happened during the day so that i don't have to work it in the evening assuming i have that time there's still not that much left
0: yeah you
1: know and and then i have to go to sleep and kind of repeat the process because it does not matter when i go to sleep those kids are waking me up at six thirty, seven o'clock no matter what i go to yeah. sleep so if i want a full night's sleep you can do the math if i want eight hours i better be like you know Basically you know turning on an episode or two of the Mandalorian by like before, well before ten o'clock you know nine thirty mm-hmm. you know and then I'm usually asleep like in bed out by ten thirty sometimes earlier yeah, that's great yeah it's it's just boring, I think is the biggest thing you know so what
0: do you what do you look forward to the most about i guess i guess, i guess let's let's say what do you look forward to about like going back to the office
1: so I like the office. Because it's, for me, it's a little, a little easier to concentrate. I do think I used to be very much like office all the way. I do think you know, assuming it's all right with everyone, like I'll probably try to work from home a little more often. Mm-hmm. Like I just found that the, the thing I like the most about the office is just easy access to people. But I don't need that every day. You know what I yeah. mean? You know, the, the delays introduced by Slack or Zoom, or just kind of not being able to see, oh, that person's right over there and talk to them. I mean, that's palpable, but I've gotten so used to it that part of me is like maybe, you know, once a week, give or take, I might just want to reclaim my commute time and just not come in. You know, my commute is, you know, just work from home. You know, my commute is to get to the Broad. I mean, it's not terrible, but, you know, if I don't do the commute, I save like, you know, an hour and a half a day. And that's, that's something for someone who gets very excited. If I like, you know, I get really excited if I can get those dishes done, you know, like half an hour early, like that's a glorious day, especially (laughs) it's like I got the dishes done half an hour early and I don't have to take boxing, you know, Mm. glorious day.
0: Right. Get dishes done in in the morning or?
1: No, in the evening. I do the dishes in the evening. Gotcha. I, I typically what I do, like my lunch break is like, usually, although I forgot today, is like load up the dishwasher, mm. you know, and start it. And then in the evening, I kind of do it again. Because um, gotcha. the nice thing is, if I can get the dishwasher done, I can draft my oldest daughter to help me unload the dishwasher in the evening. Gotcha. That's key. That is key. It's the little victories to Kudo, <laughs> the Gosh. little victories.
0: Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, any uh, parting words for Anyone David Rosen
1: David Rosen
0: any words for David Rosen.
1: Yeah. Do I have any words for David Rosen. No, I'm sorry. I haven't. (laughs) I'm (laughs) sorry, David. I haven't reached out yet to say hello. Uh, If it's any consolation. There's lots of people where that's happened. Um, Mm. But uh, yeah, that's my parting words for David Rosen. I'm a I'm, I'm truly excited to kind of be back. And one of the reasons for coming back was the people. I know it sounds lame. I know it sounds cheesy, but it is totally true. I mm-hmm. really liked working with all of you, yada, yada, yada. Don't let it go to your head. Um, you're not all that. But yes, I was very happy to see familiar faces of people that I liked uh, You know, awesome. coming back, even though I get to see all of you only on Zoom. But yeah. whatever, soon enough
0: yeah soon enough we'll be doing uh pull-ups again oh yeah office. oh i've
1: been trying i got a pull-up bar but it uh it did ripped down it ripped out the paint on the yeah. side of my doorway so i have to get a different one
0: yeah
1: uh, we have to get one that mounts but again like i'm slow yeah. a little lazy about these kind of things it's not like i like doing pull-ups to kudo. <laughs> yeah in fact i really don't like doing pull-ups yeah
0: and, We'll uh, we'll find a way to get that up tower back from uh yeah. from hr that'd
1: be nice <laughs> yeah that'd be nice we can we david benjamin can help in that effort i'm sure
0: yeah we'll we'll, we'll, well do our best yeah
1: he's someone else i haven't reached out to i should probably do that
0: yeah cool well thanks lee Um my
1: pleasure talk right. about myself for 30 minutes like <laughs> yes please
0: all right, i'm gonna stop recording